All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Good day. It is Tuesday. It is another edition of Barn Burner. If you are watching on the YouTubes, on Facebook, on Twitter, or X, or Elon, or whatever we're calling it, or Instagram. Uh, Rhett, what are you doing? You're back. Have you, re- have you referred to it as X? I'm, I'm hearing people sort of transition into the X thing. It's still a lot of people call it Twitter, but then every once in a while, somebody's like, yeah, I was on X the other day. Like, oh, that sounds like you're on a on a drug at a nightclub. I was on X. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since I was on X. So it's really roll off the tongue. I'm not sure I want to go back there. <laughs> all kinds of letters you don't have to do just x i'm sure there's others you can find yeah, uh yeah it is it's a little clunky x and apparently because x is such a naughty letter in some countries twitter you couldn't even get to for a while it's x 18 plus type content i don't know i guess elon yeah. get elon not sure what the plan there is. Yeah, I'm not going to judge. Decidedly worse since he's owned it, but then maybe he saved it from something else that would have been worse. I don't know. How was it? Uh, look how at you. It be better or worse? It's a bunch of idiots talking about stupidity. Yeah, I just feel like my feed's full of more idiots and less of the people that I've like clicked to follow on. I'm like, where are the people I'm following's tweets? Why? Why am I getting idiots that are subscribing ten bucks a month? I don't want to see these losers' opinions. Oh, Good more of that. that. That's that's um, my complaint. I'm gl- clearly you use it enough that you can notice a difference because I would never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, look, the whole world's falling to shit, right? I mean, 
Twitter slash X is just one of the many things falling apart, uh, including you who have uh, crawled back to Buffalo, it appears. I recognize the branches of that olive tree. Where is the art that's usually hanging behind you? This is it's, sad news. I got booted out of my place. I got to move. I got to got tossed. You got tossed. You got a good yeah. divorce lawyer or what's the story? Here? <laughs> the shovel finally done with you? Yeah. Find your own place. So. See, I thought she'd go back to Buffalo because that's where her family's from. You're doing the, the switcheroo. I, I don't know whether to announce where I'm heading, where the new place will be, or just go live from that place. Just go live from there. Yeah. Because it's going to be it's going to be good. I could also use, well, we'll have to talk about it off the air then because if we, it's like, I don't want to spill the beans. Someone that's been on the show before will be... Uh, I'll be able to moon them from my uh, bedroom window. Also, you gotta, you're, you're moving to a new place. Are you saying yeah. this is in Buffalo or not? You're, how many hints it, are we giving? No, it's a, there's one in Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. I don't think of a couple of Buffalonians we've had on, but uh, good. Pete. a lot of suspense for sure for next week. Uh, that, that's a cliffhanger indeed. Uh, you. So are you, uh, you, you've made your mind up here. This is all summer. Someone's, it was back. Somebody, yeah, somebody made up their mind, and uh, the children have been enrolled in sports and activities, and it uh, seems to be a uh, a movement about. So, yeah, it's a go forward at this point. Fantasy camp for Rhett is over. The kids are enrolled <laughs> in school and sports. You have a home. No more gallivanting and nomadic behavior. I and okay. When your kids are out of school, they drive you nuts, right? Because you're like, oh my, can you? And, but then when they got to go back to school, I'm annoyed by that too. Like, am I just one of those old farts that I can find no happiness in anything? Like, get out you're of here, fucking yeah. niche. <laughs> Shut up. You're loud. Do something. And then they're going back to school. Oh, damn it. Now they're in school. I got to get up and I got to take them to school. They need lunches. And, ah, <laughs> lunches. Ah. Uh, yeah, that, that's, I'm at the end of the rope for summer. I'm ready. Like, yeah. uh, there, we've, we've done an, a lot of, uh, dad, kid time. It's time. Yeah. yeah. And it's go, all wonderful uh, and the memories will be good, yeah. but it's like, okay. They're, they're ready to learn. Yeah. 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 Phyllis gets up with some knowledge. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I've done, I've given all I can give for this summer. And that's what teachers do. I mean, that's, they're, yeah. they're real clearly. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some news, some flame stuff. We've got a, a in-studio guest we'll get to uh, in a moment. We have a Pinder report. We ch we sat it, down with uh, Tommy Wheeldon Jr. Calvary FC yesterday. We'll play that for you at the end of the show today. We got a Betway bet. I'm extremely hyped on fantasy football. I'm obsessed for the last two weeks. Really? It's, it's taken over my life. We have drafts coming up. I ignored it for most of uh, spring and summer, and then two weeks ago, uh, something shook me, and I cannot stop. Reading, calculating, listening to podcasts, spreadsheeting, mock drafting. Uh, it's becoming a problem. I need these kids it's, back to school so I can get more fantasy draft prep in. Yeah, so you can full-time fantasy prep. It's a I've been there and it's it's a it's much like the internet and X and Twitter and social. It's the best and the worst. It gets you excited, you're into it, you're making yes. lists, and then four hours go by mm -hmm. and you're like, what the H have I done with the like this does not matter, right? Yeah. You got 
Oh, I got this great team. They're so good. Uh, broken uh, leg, uh, MCL tear, uh, concussion. My whole team's dead. I've got a graveyard well, for a team. What's happening? And the base, best case scenario is you win the league and they take you for a beer and wings. And it's like, yahoo! <laughs> right? Like <laughs> That's right. That was my part-time job. That was my 20 hours a week turned into yeah. beers and wings. What an oh, idiot. What a waste of time. <laughs> I told this before. The first time I ever played fantasy, it was baseball. I love baseball. Mm-hmm. And it made you, it got me into it. And I just retired. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning to be the first one on the waiver wire. Like, just a nut job. Did you co-own I, that team with someone? I feel like you co-owned no, not, that someone. Didn't you? Not that one. Not that just, one. I eventually okay. co-owned one with Boom, and it was, he owned it and didn't do it. But I actually, it's again, much like social media and, and phones or whatever you get addicted to, I had to cut it off. I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I remember getting mad at guy, my buddies that I was in it with. I'm like, dude, fantasy baseball, chill. <laughs> it's pretend sports. Let's not ruin relationships. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm I'm of a different mind. Uh, starting September 7, I'm ready to ruin relationships again. Our draft's going to be the night before the uh, the beginning of the NFL season, as per usual. Uh, yeah. We have a yeah. bunch of media hacks in a league and I'm, 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 I need you to show up on time on your computer on the sixth, the night before Thursday night kickoff of the season. Oh, it's the sixth now. Detroit, That's Kansas city. Okay. 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 I I usually it's right. on our, my anniversary. So I get a robo pick and it's terrible, but, or I yeah, get the, the auto pick. Yeah. You usually yeah. pick as many bills as you can. Then you quit and you <laughs> auto draft the rest of your team. It's That's stupid. tried and Wilson. true. If you want to finish from sixth to last that it works every single time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's get to some some news. Uh, I thought of you immediately. I saw Boom tweeting about it. The whole hockey world, mourning might not be the right word, but I, I think maybe more celebrating and remembering uh, an incredible 80-plus years for Rick Jenner, the play-by-play voice of the Sabres. You were a Sabre, as we all know, and he was a bleeping legend. There are sports broadcasters. There are play-by-play guys. There are certain voices that you associate with certain teams, but I don't know that there was ever a Rick Jenneret for a team more than this guy meant to the city of Buffalo and the Sabres. Yeah. I, uh, you'd have a hard time finding somebody that more symbolized their franchise that they called games for than Rick. And I was teary. eyed. I had to go outside I got some texts and some tweets or whatever they are, or X's or anyway, I got heard the news and I, I had to take a moment, and uh, he was awesome. I still remember. I mean, you remembered him always anyway. As a kid, you'd heard him, and it was such a great voice and a great call. But for me personally, it was when my mom and dad phoned me after my first game. We played in Detroit, and I happened to fluke out. And (laughs) Again, it's Rick Jenneret's professionalism. I hit Iserman like my first shift. I mean, bumped into him and generate Warner lays out Iserman. What a and right? Like it, <laughs> it makes everything so good. And my parents yeah. phoned and they are like, oh my God, the game was so exciting. Generate is, you know, so good. Like best. my yeah. I think yeah. that probably my parents' fondest memories are the are the Buffalo years. And part of that reason is because of Rick's calls. Yeah, I just there's so many iconic calls. You got the Mayday one. You have La 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 Fontaine. I mean, on and on it went. 
And, you know, there's been a lot of lean years around there, but whenever there's a big goal, you didn't worry about Rick not hitting the high note on it. I've bragged about how big a name Rob Ray is around this area. Rick's bigger. Like, I, I you know, you, the Bills are obviously big. Yeah. So you got the Jim Kellys and, and the 90s teams and the four finals. And this, I still, I, I think Jenneret's bigger than all of them. His name holds more. I would suspect, and I don't think they're doing a memorial. And if it is, it'll be a small one that's kind of probably not announced. But I would suspect that the city would have to shut down if they were to hold a Rick Jenneret memorial service wake or whatever you know whatever they put out there I, I honest to god it would be gridlock traffic and everyone would stop and attend a, 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 and give their thanks and and prayers because he was that big and the other thing that the people here don't i think they understand a little bit but when you when you're from here and that's all you've ever had and listened to and you know how great he was I don't think you understand how big his name was across the league, across North yeah. America, right? Like, it's not yeah. like it was just Buffalonians that liked hearing Rick Jenneret call a game. Yeah, I think a lot of you, I could believe that Buffalonians would be like, oh, he's ours. It's a, We're a little small market, hockey mad city. We're not big. Yeah. We love him. And I don't even know if other teams No, You go any building, that guy, you know, the, everyone's heard the calls, iconic voice. And I don't know that as someone that's not a player, if you could have more association with a team than, than him and the Sabres. Pretty cool. So here, and this just popped into my head, and I don't know if it's good or it makes me sad or happy. AI is getting pretty good at stuff. I can't wait for <laughs> yes. when AI can call a game with Rick Jenneret's voice, yes. right? Like, how yes. awesome would that be? Yes. Well, I think we we had it. Uh, I think Jack, did we find it like months ago when AI was, we found they were making music and it was like, oh yeah, uh, make a song with like Biggie's lyrics with uh, the sound of the weekend and like Jay Z's voice and you're, or something like that. And you're like, what? And then you're like, oh, they can do that. But like, yeah, if you could just have Rick Jenner at doing AI play by play on your NHL 24, that'd be pretty cool. Be I don't, so I don't know, man. Like. Who's to it'll say happen because what what, I, don't I know. guarantee yeah. you, you, you know what it'll be? Because it's, I don't know, they're smarter than me, obviously. But even if you have some dope like you or me calling the game and it would just voice over with Jennerettes, yeah. like, I honestly, I, again, I think you're honest. Though. I think you could get like Bob Cole's voice, he's oh. still around. Obviously, you could go like Howie Meeker, who was that famous analyst uh, way back like foster hewitt peter like why not you should be able to sort through and pick if, if, How, if computers as long as you're not taking over the world let's use you for some good or some fun here let's go tell you what that is something somebody's going to do it clearly they're going to have to be smarter than us but it's i i can see it coming can you, can you imagine rick jenneret comes back so cool. in two yeah. years and he's he's the voice again oh my god <laughs> that's wild um, we have an NHL signing to talk about. The Calgary Flames need a captain, want a captain, going to have a captain. Apparently, uh, Connie and Huska and management is going to make the decision on a captain. We had uh, Rob Kerr's show yesterday, just a game. Jack was uh, with him asking some questions from the fans, and, and the captain conversations become a little more prominent because Mackenzie Weger in the last few days noted that he would love to be the captain. Here was the, a little snippet from just a game yesterday with, with Kerr and, uh, and Jack. 
think will be the captain of the Flames and who do you want to be the captain of the Flames? Backlund I want and I and I I wonder if he won't be the captain. Boy, did you see a lot of this Mackenzie Weger stuff? Yeah. A lot of people like lots of people hyping that up. Lots of people like and I don't think that's a bad choice. I think, you know, you got some tenure there. It makes a lot of sense. Backlund has put in the time. Backlund loves this team, loves the city, loves the logo. Yes, yes, yes. I know he was in the in the Swedish newspaper saying we'll wait and see and all of that. That's just common sense. That all that is. That's just good business. But Michael Backlund's ingrained in this community, supports three different charities in this community. He has uh, worked and cobbled at the feet of Jerome McGinley, at Mark Giordano, um, I think he should be the captain, but it's a two-part question. I think it, he should be the captain. I'm going to go with, I wonder if Mackenzie Weger isn't the captain because you have him for four more years after this. But I think both are both are good choices. Both, I think it was an absolute shame. I, I just think it's a mistake not to have a captain. Yeah. And and Backlund was acting as that last year. I don't care what anybody says. He was the de facto, one of the de facto captains on this team. So I was curious yesterday, uh, Jack, relaying some uh, listener questions to him. Just uh, any reaction, a uh, thought on that? Are there other candidates we're not talking about? We should be. Uh, is this cast a wide net? Do they already know the couple, two, three, four guys they're looking at? I'm sure they've got it narrowed down to one or two. Uh, in response to Rob, uh, I like Backlund too. Problem for me, I've said it, I can't change my tune now. You either are or you aren't. And Michael Backlund's had a few years now to establish that he is. And I don't think – to me, there's obvious – to me, a coach, does, a coach, maybe it does happen. I've never seen it, but I don't think a coach holds the captaincy back from a guy. Do you know what I mean? If you truly yeah. are the captain, it's been a few years now, you could have grabbed the reins. Or, the, or you just are recognized as captain and the players are – then it would have. So I just don't think he's there. Why hasn't it happened yet? That sounds exactly. like, what you're like yeah. he's been around forever. And yes, he's done all those things. And yes, he's integral in the community. He gives back. He's everything Rob said for sure. But if you're the captain, it, it just happens. It's announced right by now. You don't need, Con you, you certainly shouldn't need Conroy and, and Huska to have to make that decision. The players should be making the decision. And I don't know enough yeah. about Uyghur personally. He's been here a year. He was horseshit to start. Really turned it around. Saying the right things. Looks like he's getting involved. Looks he's taking on the role of a leadership. I mean, well, what the hell are we talking about? He's come to Calgary to go party for Stampede and and do a charity event. Like I, I don't know. Does that make him the captain? It's the guys in the room that should be deciding, not the coaches. Yeah, talking to people that were real close to the team, Backlund was sort of the guy that I think a lot of people wanted to to be that last year, and and why Who they wanted, didn't have a though? captain. I don't know that. Well, what's that? Who wanted though? Like the players wanted the players. Him to be? Yeah. Oh, why then? Why wasn't yeah. he the captain the year before? I don't know. Or the year I, before I, that? That's a good question. I I, I don't have answers for it. Like uh, Daryl took over this team when Jordano was the captain. Gio left via the expansion draft. Um, and then uh, Daryl's first year, they went no captain. And I understand that. And then his second year, you had even more changes. And they said, no captain. 
And I, I don't, we never got a great, here's why we're not doing a captaincy thing. Or it might just have been as simple to Daryl that I don't see a leader here who is a capital C captain. And so we're going to, you know, not anoint anyone that. But I have a problem with Backlund getting it if he doesn't have an extension in place. And I'm not suggesting that. Um, I just think it would be clunky if, if you're out of the playoffs. He's I your captain. Both, He's Mr. Community. And then you trade him at the deadline. Like, yeah, what, are you, hate, what are we doing I here? both scenarios with that. First yeah. of all, I think the players should pick the captain. I don't think. What the yeah. difference does it make to the coaches? And the, the coaches and the management should have to work with the captain that the players nominate because he's the leader in yeah. the room. The coaches yeah. and the, the management shouldn't be nominating a guy to be captain. It's, it's backwards, mm-hmm. in my opinion. What you yeah. said is true as well. If he is, and again, I'm not against Backlund, but if he was the guy, then fuck the players should have went in and said to the coach, Daryl, whoever else, this is our captain. It shouldn't be a debatable yeah. thing. And it, and it shouldn't again be Huska and Conroy deciding here's the vote in training camp. Who's the captain? You're the captain. Great. But and my that, feel is, that, okay, go you, ahead. Sorry. I don't, I don't, sorry. I just wanted to finish that. I don't want to reward Michael Backton with an extension. If he's only because you're naming him captain. Yeah, or vice versa. I don't. I well, I guess vice versa. I might accept if he wanted to sign an extension below market because he really wanted to be captain, and you already have him as your captain. I'm okay with that. But the opposite, I don't like. Ah, he's the closest thing we have to a real leader here. So yeah. let's give him two more years of too much money. No, 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 no. Um, that that's not how this is going to work. And and for Uyghur, I'm kind of with you. I I think you, you've seen okay. What he wore the C for Team Canada, if I'm correct, at the World Championships this past summer. That's not nothing. It certainly isn't being a captain in the NHL. It's a three-week tournament, not a seven-month season. Uh, and I don't know the human well enough. I, I certainly think there are some leadership traits in there. Uh, he sticks up for his teammates. He works hard. But I don't know the guy off the ice, and we haven't seen him in the community long enough for me to say, like, oh, for sure that guy's a captain. And then I also wonder about, like, okay, there's some younger guys that have been around a while. Like, where does Rasmus Anderson fit in all this? Do you see – is there That's- another guy quietly that leads – uh, like by example that, that, that maybe we aren't talking about, I, I don't know. I mean, but I, I, I get also get the sense that the players and Connie and Huska, if these two groups, I don't think they're singing from the different hymn books. I, I think Huska being around that team last year would have known who actually was the guy and who the players would want to be. I don't know that they're throwing a curveball to the players right where they're saying, Hey, you guys all like Backlund screw that. It's Uyghur. Because Uyghurs, we got them in our pocket. No, I don't I, think that's I, happening. I don't think that's happening either, but f- don't muddy the waters. Let the players pick. Come to training camp. What the fuck do you need to announce? Sorry, I'm grumpy today. I didn't get enough sleep. I'm reading this new book. So keep me up all night. But what what do you need to announce it today for? Because you need positive you media yeah. vibe right now? Because you haven't done horse shit over the year or over the summer? Like, we don't need it. Players, come to or or. The fact that they're saying they're picking is wrong to me. Shut up. We're, don't yeah, say yeah. that. Just announce it, first of all, or mm-hmm. phone your players and say, who's your captain? Or do a monkey. This is, it's sur- off-season. One of those survey things. I, can't you fill out those yeah, monkeys? Yeah. Survey monkeys. There you are. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Why did I so pick many, one? Let's go, guys. Yes. There's so many ways of doing this that aren't 
clunky and they're making it clunky. Yeah. Well, and, and I think part of this is that there's no news in an off season and people need to talk about this team for a living. And so you get the, you know, weird goes on local media and they ask them and here we go. Now it's something to talk about. What do the, what do the flames need again after the off season they've had? They need a positive vibe because nothing's happened. You're coming back with the same team, new coach, but same coach. And people are wondering what's going on. Let's throw a captain out there. He can start answering some questions and we'll, we'll have a nice story. What's this book you're reading? Is it AI? So medicine. I love it. I'm a big book guy, Uh, but my eyes are going not good. It gives me headaches. Uh, I don't know what it is about like pirates and oceans and those types of stories, <laughs> but those crazy bastards back in the day, can you imagine walking onto one of these rickety old wooden hull pieces of S and thinking, eh, it's only going to be two or three years. I'm on this. <laughs> like what, <laughs> what are you talking about? And hey, Rhett, so what are you books- doing this weekend? Do you want to go see if the world's flat? Let's just keep sailing and see if we fall off. Oh, no. yeah. And hope <laughs> the wind blows and that you don't get scurvy or typhus or yeah. anything else. It'll be great. Or a pirate attack you. And we're going to go around this point. It's I think it's called Cape Good or Hope or some Horn. damn thing. We're going to go down near. It's real cold down. We're down south. We'll go around the bottom of uh, South America. Around the horn. Check, yes. Yeah, we'll go check it out, and it'll be great. And Yeah, it's big waves, but whatever. Anyway, it's called Okay, Wager. so I read a book about this years ago. That is like the most dangerous waters to sail yeah. on Earth because you have the warm waters of one ocean meeting with the colder waters of another ocean at the tip of Argentina there and just above Antarctica. And apparently they would do races around the world. And until someone got around the horn there of South America, it was like, you haven't accomplished yet. You, the, the meanest waters are, are yet to come. Yeah. The, and apparently it goes from 1300 feet deep to 300 feet deep. So all the water swell, like it's supposed to be just a no thank you. No, thank you. I've been on the ocean in like eight foot swells and I'm like, get me the out of here. This is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, you're from Saskatchewan, Rat. I mean, you can't get oh. eight foot swells on what Emma Lake or. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the best segue ever, uh-huh. uh, from Saskatchewan, from Saskatoon, and uh, that damn Brandon Hagel. What a what a deal! The newest eight uh, times six and a half. Well done, son, Sasker. There it is. Is he smiling there? I think so. Oh. I mean. You got what? 50, 50 million reasons to be smiling. I'm okay with that. 52 million. My mouth's yep. a little high fives all me. around, Pinder. High fives all around. Ooh, we. So, how are you liking Tampa? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> we, we were good. dog shit in Chicago. And uh, yeah, I get to play with, you know, Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, Hedman, Vasilevsky. About- Every year they just add some more guys to the deadline. We're good. We're good. <laughs> this poor, this pretty poor warm bugger. Here. This poor bugger. Sixth round pick. Where is he going? Oh, God. Buffalo. Jesus. This is no good. Get me out of Buffalo. Yeah. Is that where he was drafted? Yes. Sixth round. 105th over. 59th overall in 2016. Right? 
Wow. They liked him a lot. They moved two firsts, I believe, and uh, some prospects as well. I think it was also uh, Boris Kachuk and one other young player that they had there that I'm blanking on at the moment, Taylor Radish. And it was like two firsts, two prospects for the, like, what? But he had two more years at really low number, and that helped them fit under the cap. This isn't for this season. This will kick in. Uh, the year after the season, if I'm correct. And so they basically got a super cheap, functional guy that they're, you know, people are calling a top six for it. I sort of see him as a middle six. I never see him as a top line guy, but he works his tail off. And uh, that's uh, well, that's a good kidding. little, I, I, I like it for both sides. Chicago, you get you got a ton for this guy, this kid, he's happy. Life's great down in Tampa. And for the Lightning, it's like, okay, so you gave up two picks that would have been like 25 or 28 or 30 there's no way those picks are helping you do anything this year or next year. You got to wait years to see if it's a ham sandwich or a player. I, I, the, those deals are kind of eye opening, but I think they worked for everyone. Well, the deal that didn't work out was the Sabres deal. They let them go for nothing. That's the one you don't want to do. Yeah. That's a good call. <laughs> so if it's two prospects, two firsts or nothing, you take the two prospects and two firsts. <laughs> You're brilliant. You draft the guy. Yes. Yeah. Woohoo! We got a guy in the sixth round. He's gonna be good. Nah, not that good. Almost though. like drafting a guy that wins a Norris in his second year in the league. Incredible oh. stuff. Flames did it. I didn't <laughs> sign here. <laughs> Adam Fox. <laughs> Shut up. It. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, okay. And what else is going on with life? You said kids are back on the ice already. You got uh hockey's rolling. It's mayhem. Mayhem. It's on. We yeah, seven no, eight games this weekend. We got practices, we got training camp oh, oh baby yeah they're showing it's up fat like you used to right they haven't skated What's... all summer well the the youngest uh the coaches they sent out an email today and there was a question are we doing the uh the uh practice are we doing a warm-up before every practice because yesterday we did a little warm-up before practice got to get the body ready and i i, I emailed back and i said listen I've just met you people, and I'm not judging, but perhaps the coaches should participate in said warm-up because by the looks of us, we need it. So, <laughs> just, uh, just 20 kids on 20 different programs out there warming up? <laughs> <laughs> some toe touches, some deep knee bends. We're good to go. Wow, it's busy, uh, but good. When does it get shitty there? October, November? Like just around the time that people say the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl? That's when everything changes there. Yeah, you know, it's weird. There's a little bit of Calgary in Buffalo because I've seen people golfing in December. So yeah. you just never know. I am I am looking forward, now that we know you're back there for the season, to, to that you know one to four days a year while you can open your garage and still have a door there. It's just a wall of snow. Uh, yeah. The open the door frame, it. and it's I, I'm still I'm under a snowbank. How are we getting air in this house? I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for that those coming days this winter. Brave of you. It's going to be great. Okay, uh, why don't you head to our guest uh, in studio, waiting patiently, and may even have some uh, Brandon Hagel insights. Uh, fitness guru, entrepreneur, pilot, goalie coach, uh, legend in Russia, and uh, the goalie of the greatest world junior team in the history of time, the 2004 world junior team from Canada. Jeff Glass joins us in studio. Glasser, hello. Look, there he is. Oh. We need Get his your mic head in the picture. 
There we are. Well, there, how, how's that? Can you guys hear me now? There we are. So uh, you you were Chicago at, in, in your stop on uh, on the circuit there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you no, have I, any Hagel insights? No, I got absolutely nothing. Nothing on Hagel whatsoever. Um, <laughs> everything I you guys just said, I just learned. So no, I didn't know he's from Saskatchewan. <laughs> you you should get to know him because he could pay for the the tab at the end of the night. Now he's all set. That's yeah. right. No, he, yeah, he's he's definitely all set now. Nothing wrong with that. With your boy uh, Point too, who you've trained with a bunch. Yeah. No, I, there's a few guys down there I know. I think Tampa's. I think. I think Tampa's got something cooking down there, right? Like it's not a hard place to sign up for. And so, uh, yeah, no, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Enjoy the day. We're going to hang with Glasser, tell some stories. we got a pin to report. we got uh, Tommy Wilden Jr. coming up and I have some Betway bets of the day still to come. Nail it boys. Have a great one. Yeah. All right. We'll see, see you. Ya. Uh, there's the Rutster back in Buffalo. It is quite a, quite a life he leads. Is it not? It's, it's awesome. Like I said, I, I, I admit, I don't watch this show every day, but when I tune in and, and and I saw that it's 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 pretty amazing. It's like a Rhett's on a headset. Is he driving truck for a living? Oh no, he's just driving to Pittsburgh. Oh, there he is in the parking lot of the Hamilton Airport. Oh, he's back. In, he's in studio in Calgary. He's he's in Boomer's basement. He's in his house in Buffalo. We we never really know. Uh, it's it's quite something. How's your summer been? I, I love catching up with you. I I didn't give you the, the intro you probably deserve, but uh, I I admire this human so much for the amount of things you are willing to get at, try your hand in uh, hard worker, relentless, fearless, and like fingers in as many pies as you could ever imagine. Spin studio, goaltending camp this summer, goalie coach for the Anaheim Ducks affiliate in San Diego, long playing career in Russia. You come back and work your way back up to the NHL at the age of 33, which is almost unheard of. Uh, amazing story there the world junior stuff and then oh by the way you just got a little bored along the way and decided to get your pilot's license and, and you're flying around all the time um like what's a, what's a normal jeff glass day look like are you have you been in a plane yet today no no plane <laughs> yet i've been on the ice but no plane yet today i uh, don't know no, i appreciate that that's nice of you but it's uh it's my life has probably been one of those ones where you know i wasn't a first rounder i wasn't the brandon Hagel signing the 56 million dollar deal so i kind of you know uh skirted around the edges a little bit let's say and and uh it's been good it's been fun it's been an awesome summer it's uh calgary's been home for me my whole life so we wanted to come back and uh the hockey school is a big part of it for sure we want to come back and kind of do that thing but then like you said i got into the flying and I've, I've got a little bit of a gig going on the, on the side with the flying thing so that's fun and and, and then you kind of meld it all together and, and it's called life, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, if I was all those things you said I was, you know, I wouldn't have to come in here on a, on an, what is it? August, middle of August and fill in for you guys, right? I'd be doing something way bigger and better, but this is, this is exactly what I love doing. And it's been great. Tell us about the flying gig. So how does that mix in with, with goal camp here in the summer? And I imagine, you know, for what, eight to 10 months a year, you're tied up with gold stuff in San Diego, but you're still coming back to Calgary to, to do your camp and, and the flying fits in as well here. Yeah, no, it, the flying thing, I, I think I've told you off the air before, it's it's something I love doing and I've always wanted to do. And um, I don't know, I guess I could probably tell these stories now that I'm not a player anymore, but it, it all started back when I was with the Marlies and um, I got left behind on a road trip. And and I actually tell the goalies now, I tell the goalies in San Diego, I tell the young goalies, you should always have something outside of hockey. And I didn't. And so the Marlies go on a road trip and I was the extra goalie. So I got left behind, I'm pissed off. And I told my wife, all right, I'm going to walk over to the airport and figure out what's going on. And we're staying right downtown Toronto. So I wander over to Billy Bishop and uh, how does this work? And they, oh, we'll take you up right now. What do you mean you'll take me up? So they took me up. We toured around the CN Tower. We went up and down the beaches. 
well, that was awesome. When do I get to go again? You can come tomorrow if you want. And, and the boys were gone on a four-day road trip. So I said, all right, well, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. And I'll be back the next three days after that. And, and that's kind of where it started. So I, I picked it up. And I, I guess I got to thank Lou Lamorello for that because he, you know, he was the one who said, yeah, come, you can come play on our team, but we don't really need you just yet. And, and you know, <laughs> just stay over off to the side a little bit. And, and it, it worked perfect. So I, I started there. It continued on to Rockford finished the the private pilots in, in san diego and then i've i've added on some some let's call it some ratings and some stuff so now now i'm a commercial pilot and i fly for a company here in calgary that we prevent hail in theory that's that's our job <laughs> i don't i don't want people coming at me on the internet now saying hey my house got smoked by hail it's all your fault but we we go up and we try to make the big hail little hail to simplify and 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 we're hired by a bunch of insurance companies to kind of get ahead of these storms and see if we can uh, keep everybody's homes and cars safe. So it, 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 as a pilot, it keeps me in the air. It's something I love to do. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And those are three places that you mentioned flying before Calgary that are, that'd be some pretty interesting airspace. Like Toronto's busy, Chicago, like O'Hare is one of the busiest airports on earth. That can be hairy and Rockford's just outside Chicago. So you got lots of stuff going on there. And then Southern California be absolutely bonkers with LA, San Diego, all the different airports around there that aren't the LAX and the San Diego one. I mean, that those would be really interesting places to, to learn to fly and to deal with all the chaos of a busy airspace. Yeah. And it was exactly that. And I always say like, yeah, I'm lucky. I get the, I've not, everybody gets to fly in through those different types of airspaces. And uh, to your point, actually the, the Chicago one in Rockford, we were flying over cornfields. Like we were just outside. And so that was actually fun because it's a bunch of uncontrolled airspace and you're kind of on your own. It's a little bit of a rodeo. And then you get from there to like LA where you're flying right over LAX and you're doing all sorts of fun stuff there. So that it's, it's all different types of flying. And um, I don't think I realized because uh, when you're a hockey player, you're told you're only supposed to be a hockey player and at least our generation. And so they said, you know what, like, I was so nervous to tell people I was a pilot because I was worried they were going to think I was taking hockey lately and I wasn't focused on hockey. Like, aren't you trying to make the NHL? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but like we do have a life outside of hockey. And, and so that was once I realized how much I actually enjoyed flying and doing all this stuff in aviation, well, then it was a little easier to talk about because now I've got my ratings and now I'm, you know, a certified flight instructor. And now I, I, it's okay to talk about this now. And, and I try to encourage that to the goalies I'm coaching now. It's like, go find something, go do something. Cause the back half of my career was better than the first half of my career. And I think it was because I had something outside of the rink and it wasn't just, you know, go to the rink and then come home from the rink and fret about the rink and then, you know, stir about it and couldn't go back to the rink and, and spin that in the circles over and over. It was go home, get your mind away from it, go for a flight and come back and reattack it tomorrow. That's interesting. I never heard you say that. So the second half of your career, you enjoyed more than the first. The first is probably, I would suggest where you made the most money and you would have traveled the most, but in the second half, you had more of a life away from it wife daughter and and sort of a second hobby i never yeah i've, I've never heard you say that no and like don't get me wrong like I was, my my career is probably waves like this and and you know i had the world juniors which is a high maybe maybe the highest part of my career and that was fun and we win a gold medal and, and then reality sets in and it's like east coast hockey league and you're going to start right from the bottom and you're going to grind your way up i thought i was going to step right into ottawa and like make the team as a 19 year old like how hard could this be then you realize, okay, it's hard. And so then you do this. So then I go over to Russia and it, it was good in Russia. And like you said, I was able to make some money, plan some good teams, have some success, but it was always just like middling. And I couldn't really um, gain any traction and get going and, and try to 
accomplish something. So then that's why I needed a new challenge. And that's why we came back. And I was like, I want to make the NHL. I want to, I never did it before. I want to do it now. And I came back and that's when I started to like focus on hockey. And that's when I, um, I, I put a plan in place and people have heard me talk about this before, but it was, it wasn't just a fluke that I was motivated and I had a, a mindset and a goal and I went after it. And, and then maybe that's why I consider it more successful is because I set out to do something and I did it rather than the first half of my career. I was kind of like, well, it should just come like yeah. all my buddies. I'm it. owed this. I, yeah. This is, this is my time. Right. Yeah. And I'm the world juniors goalie. Like, you, <laughs> you should, you should want me. Right. And then I realized, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. And so, uh, I think when my mindset flipped, maybe that's why I view it as more successful, whether or not it was, I mean, this or that. You were part of a log jam and. And Bennington, if I'm correct, Bennington, yeah, yeah, uh, in the Ottawa organization, walk us back to the decision to go to Russia in the first place, and then we'll get to the decision to leave Russia. Yeah, and and so this is maybe more my mindset. The decision to go to Russia is because Ottawa didn't qualify me a second time, and so I was a free agent. And I was like, ah, perfect. I'm gonna go sign my Brandon Hagel money. I'm gonna go, you <laughs> know, right. here it comes, baby, and like crickets, like nothing comes, and so all right well, you can go play on this American League team or you can go kind of like you might start in the coast here or Russia. And a good friend and uh, another goalie, Ray Emery, he went over the year before. And he went over for a year, kills it. Everybody's calling for him and he comes back and the rest is history. I said, well, that's exactly what I want to do. That's the move. That's the move. I'll go for one year and I'll come back. Well, you know, a month into the first year, they offer me an extension. Okay, well, yeah, no, that's way more money. I'll take that. that. And then... The next year, it's it's a new team with more, and and as the story goes, the, the number keep getting bigger, and and the team kept getting better, and we were more competitive. And one year over there to kind of like rejuvenate my career turned into like seven years, and now it's seven years, and I'm thirty, and I'm going, well, this is good. Uh, and any of the guys that have played in Russia can speak to this, but at some point, you start to say like, all right, like enough's enough. This like, isn't sustainable. This yeah. isn't what it's I'm going to do. Too forever. much chaos. Yeah, this it's everything's on fire every day right like let's just have some little bit of normalcy so then that's when i decided all right i want to give this a try and come back but the decision to go over there i don't want to say it was made for me but it was it was i was kind of pushed into a corner where it was like here you, you can go play for said team in the east coast or american league and grind from the bottom again or you can go over to russia and try it for a year rejuvenate your career and come back and i thought oh that's the move for sure and financially, it would have been close. If you're comparing AHL, ECHL, like, yeah. may as well add a zero at the end. It, it really was exactly that, maybe two, right? You're right. You know what I mean? And it was like exactly that. Financially, it wasn't close. And so you said, okay, came off my entry-level deal and go over for a year. And worst case scenario, I made a little bit of money, come back, and I'm probably exactly where I left. And so then when you decide to come back, you were like, okay, well, I've, I've played well in Russia. I've established myself here. I, I want to have a, a better life. You know, you're married. You're probably daughter's not quite there yet, but not getting close. Quite, but getting close, yeah. And it's like, okay, we, we've got to set up our life and not just be mercenaries traveling around a foreign country on the other side of the world where I don't speak the language. Like, let's let's set up some normal. You knew that was going to be tough because you've kind of, when you're that age, you're painted as something. And you were painted as a KHL goalie at that point. Yeah, I, I had to try everything to try to lose that label right and it was like um normalize my gear I, I i switched to ccm because it was a gear that like made me look like a goalie right it was so what you what you were wearing before you- it was just like to be honest it was kind of a makeshift setup that i had it was like a buddy was doing a buddy a favor and he had this new brand that was coming out i thought it was sick but it was like you didn't really look 
like Jacob Markstrom. You right. look like a street hockey goalie. So it was like <laughs> that guy plays like, in Russia. <laughs> that's definitely a Russian goalie. He so makes he, money in paper bags. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going for. So I, I ditched that. You get the gear, and then but you can't ditch the age, right? And that was what I was. I was a thirty year old guy, and um, I was talking to a goalie that's with Pittsburgh now, uh, just just yesterday, and he was. I was talking about Kyle Dubas because Kyle Dubas, he was the assistant GM in, with yep. the Marlies. And he was the one who said like, we'll bring you on Jeff. We'd love to have you, but like, no offense, like you're 30, yeah. right? Like we're not by all means stick around with the Marlies. And he was so upfront and such, I, I, I can't say how good he was to me. He's just a great guy. And he was straight up with the whole process, but they had two young prospects. They had Garrett Sparks and Anton Bebo. And, and, he goes, these are our guys and we're trying to, so if you want to stick around, there might be some room somewhere. And if something comes up, I'll move you. But like, we love having you around. You're a good guy. And so then that's when I started to realize, Oh, I see how this works. Like I got to kind of be a mentor. I got to kind of take on a different role here. It's not about me when I go to the rink, I, I got to get my time in when it's time, but I can't make it about me. I got to kind of take a back seat. And that's what I did. And um, it, it allowed me enough time to stick around with the Marlies to then, they shipped me to, to Rockford and then Rockford was in desperate need of a goalie. So when I showed up there, um, they were kind of floundering around, but they needed a goalie like Play the wheels off, yeah. so that I played every game. Yeah. And then, and then from there you sign with Chicago get called up and, and away we go. Right. But it was, uh, I realized I was a 30 year old goalie who'd been in Russia for seven years. It was like, started at the bottom again. <laughs> away we go. Wild. Yep. I, and I remember I, I'd met you, I think before you'd started that journey and just like, you're coming back to North America. Like what? Like that's, that's wild. Like, cause you, you had a good over there in a way. I mean, it's not, it always comes with different challenges. Like you, you might get offered a lot of money and said, and then you, you're trying to collect it years later, a piece of that or whatever it is. But like you were established as a go-to guy, you were like a locked pay this import. He'll help your team caliber player over there. And those guys, they do well. Yeah, it was. And it was exactly that. I mean, there's times my wife and I look at each other and we go, geez, like one more year would have been all right. right? <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't so bad, was it? But we were in all reality, I wanted to make the NHL and, and we wanted to have a baby too. And so yeah. it was like, um, you know, with all due respect, everything that went on in Russia, the spots we were playing probably wasn't the best to just do the whole baby thing over there. So we said, let's come back, try the North America thing. Like I said, we were feeling pretty comfortable after seven years over there. So we decided, all right, let's, let's switch it up here and try something new. Yeah. Uh, so you come back, you make the debut at, I believe, 33 with Chicago, which is wild. I mean, you talk about paying dues all over again. Yeah, you yeah. did it. You happened to do it on a Western Canadian swing. Uh, you took a point off the Oilers, I believe. Could appreciate that. Thank I think, you. Good I think, work. Yeah, we, we, well, yeah, we, we got the win. It was an overtime. You're yeah, right. So but yeah, it was, you had a lead late. And yeah, you were, yeah, we blew it. Yeah, we totally blew it. <laughs> but what was it? It was Vancouver. There was an injury. You made your debut in Edmonton, or was it in Vancouver? You came in late. I'm trying to remember. It was yeah. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. No, it's such a fun story. I haven't got to tell these stories for a while, but it was, it was a Christmas break. So um, I'm with Rockford, and we got three days off in the American League. So we, our daughter was brand new. Let's take her back to Calgary everybody family and friends can see her um my wife was going to stick around for another day or two but i had to fly back christmas day uh because we practiced on on boxing day in uh, in rockford i believe we might have even played boxing day so i'm flying back christmas day and like any american league player will tell you like it's christmas so you feel like you owe it to yourself to like you know eat have some drinks like enjoy it's christmas yeah. like whatever i'll sweat it out tomorrow so get on the plane pass out we land and my phone is just lighting up. I'm, I'm at O'Hare and I'm, what is going on? And it's the GM from Rockford and he's trying to get a hold of me. And so call him back. I haven't, even, we haven't got off the tarmac. He said, yeah, we're calling you up to Chicago. Something's happened. 
like well, who got hurt i can't tell you but just you got to drive from o'hare back to rockford back to o'hare because the team charter is leaving tomorrow morning at 7 a.m so you get your gear and then get back and then right so I, I flew from calgary to chicago for like 12 hours to grab my gear to get back on a plane to go back to vancouver the next day right <laughs> so now i'm in vancouver a little bit of a whirlwind haven't skated in four days and now i'm getting called up and so we skated um boxing day when we landed and then we were playing that i believe it's the 27th against vancouver and chicago that year there was no secret they were kind of they couldn't find their footing and so um anton forsberg was a little bit in the doghouse and i got called up and I, well I, I should back up i guess i found out that Corey crawford was just unavailable and that was that was the start of that whole thing of we couldn't figure out what's wrong with crow so um anton forsberg stated to start he goes in and it just didn't go well and as a goalie you feel for a guy when he's in this spot but you know exactly like it, everybody was staring at him and the pressure was on and and it was just going the wrong way so it was actually the video coach who i had in binghamton which is the smallest <laughs> story of all time he goes like after the game he glass he's like make sure you're ready to go tomorrow yeah and i was like what like i'm here as a call-up like i don't know but i could I, the way he looked at me i could tell he was just coming from the coach's office like oh, yeah. something was going on so i was like all right we're we're gonna get on the bird we're flying to edmonton and then we play you know like jesus coming off of like five days and at home you know whatever i said oh perfect right? welcome so, to the show yeah right oh this should be fun what could possibly go wrong so uh land in edmonton go to get on the elevator the goalie coach jimmy waits says yeah you'll play tomorrow so that's now i don't know two three in the morning do you want to skate yeah i want to skate so did a morning skate called everybody i knew rounded up the troops everybody makes the trip up from calgary to edmonton and and away we go and it's funny because that 04 world junior team you're a part of you had some teammates on the Chicago team that didn't even know that was your debut. They assumed that like, Oh no, like he's a journeyman. He's played a bunch before. Like Seabrook was on that team. Yeah. Like who walk us through that. And even I think the coach at the time might've been, or it was the next year. It that, was the next year. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So no. Yeah. So it was, it was Seabrook was the funny one because uh, I, you know, you put money on the board and you try to, you know, take care of everybody. It's the first and your first year debut and he, I was sitting right next to him in the dressing room. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, it's my first game. He's like, it's your first game, like, since when? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, like, ever. Like, what do you mean ever? And we'd known each other. We were, we were roommates at World Juniors. Like, first game, like, ever, ever? And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, he's like, holy. So, yeah, so we. Uh, so so he puts a couple of brown bills up after that. I'm yeah, <laughs> there's, I, I got the boys' attention then. But it was, um, I, I think he said something before the game in front of everybody. Like, holy, it's this guy's first game. Like, let's let's put a half de decent effort in. And then, um, and the story that I love telling her, my favorite part was like, yeah, we blew it. Actually, Seabrook tried to stop a, it was kind of like a half-ass point shot and he tried to get a glove on it, knocked it in and it went in. So we were up 3-1 with like two minutes left Late. in the game. Yeah, Late. I remember this. And it was like, bang, bang. I think the second one might even been dry side. It's 3-3, we're going to overtime. Like, come, I can't believe I just blew this, right? But two Patrick, minutes, two yeah, miles, boys, yeah, let's go. How hard is that? And then Patrick Kane scored in overtime and there's a picture out there somewhere and i got it somewhere but it's he's he's pointing at me after he scored right and it was like yeah and, and i was i was the happiest i'll ever be right there right and it was like everything could it was, couldn't have been better than that so yeah so got to play there um and then we came to calgary two nights later yeah so it was pretty cool it was, it was a good run it was like storybook stuff right yeah. like it's, you couldn't have drawn it up ever but any better yeah, I mean, and look, you, you didn't play till you were like 42 or do some weird Tim Thomas stuff because he was one of those guys that didn't show up in the league till late. But you you got it. You did it. You, yep. You'd reached, you'd climbed the mountain. And and it, I, I love that you're honest about 
you had to sort of reset your approach and understand that, Hey, nothing is, is given here. It's all earned. And that you probably mentally weren't ready to be an NHLer at 23, 24, where at 30, you're like, okay, here's how I do it. I know how you had to be the best teammate in the world. When you were in the Marlies, you needed some luck along the way. And then when you went in, you had to be, you know, be flexible. Don't, don't throw a temper tantrum. You haven't been skating for five days, get in there and make the best of it. Right. Yeah. No, there's, you nailed it. That's exactly how it is. And um, now you, know, you kind of fast forward to the coaching side. It's, it's easier to tell that story now or sell that narrative is like, it's not going to be perfect. Right. But, um, you know, I got to Chicago. Now I looked around and I go, Oh, I can do this. Right. The competitive nature and all of us comes out and you're like, well, now I want to be here forever. Like, don't, don't take my spot. Right. So uh, every time you like, you reach a milestone, it was like, all right, reset it and uh, go for the next one. But it was, I always felt like, um, mine was a little different and, and that's okay. It's not, it's not supposed to be a straight line. At least I wish it was, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's a little more fun telling the stories now in this environment where it's like, yeah, like swerve left, swerve, right. Almost got hit by head on traffic. And then like somehow woo, we're there. Right. And like, that's kind of how mine went. So, and that somehow got you into coaching as well. So after the Chicago stint, you're looking for jobs and uh, I'm sure, you know, there's interest at the American league level. And now how do you pick, Where's the best chance for me to get up to the big squad? What else is going on? You end up with the Anaheim organization. Yeah. And, and then there, there goes, now this is when the ball starts to bounce. And I always say, uh, like the goalies are like a, like a bouncing ball. If your ball never bounces, if you stay on one organization, you're good. But as soon as you move from one to another, that thing doesn't stop and it just keeps bouncing until it runs out of steam. And so my ball started to kind of pick up some steam and away we go. So I, I actually came to Calgary the next year. PTO, uh, we did a PTO that? there, and it was hey, let's be serious. They were they were going to I think it was China uh, for That's a preseason. Right. So they need some warm bodies. Totally good. Uh, Brad Pascal, I owe him a huge solid because he was the World Juniors. He was on my World Juniors uh, team, whatnot. So he said, hey, come in. I can't guarantee anything, but it'll be a spot. Yeah, yeah, good. And two goalies got picked up off waivers with the Marlies or the Maple Leafs, McElhenney and Pickard. Uh, so. Time to call Mr. Dubas up and, and back, uh, back to Toronto. Back, I got to cash that favor in that he owed me. So I, uh, long story short, but I was able to actually reach out to him and make sure it all worked. I got on a plane that night and I was back in the Marlies for round two. So started there, um, didn't go so hot. So that was the uh, <laughs> that was the one where uh, looking back on the whole thing, I wish I could have had that probably two months back. But it was you know Sheldon Keith was the coach and Dubas was the GM and uh, I couldn't find my footing. I just couldn't. I don't know what it was and. Um, signal a trade to Anaheim and it was probably the best thing that could happen to me right we we found out um <laughs> I got traded at the Christmas party for the Toronto Marlies so yeah. we're at the Christmas party I got my daughter and my wife we're all like having a great time Santa gives her a present and then I see like somebody giving me the old like hey get over here get over here so I came over there and I, oh yeah hey Merry Christmas yeah I traded you to San Diego <laughs> oof, oof, like that's gonna like, give me a second on that one. I said, I said, you do you want to tell my wife or should I go? Hey, you could bring her over here. So I think Allie was pumped at that point because we'd had enough. I was, she's seen me miserable for a few months in a row there now, but it's Christmas in Toronto, a little different than the weather in San Diego. Yeah. It was like Packer bags were off to the beach. So uh, on to, on to San Diego. And, and that, I guess, led me into the coaching thing. And that's where this all started. You had the, uh, I'm trying to think of the character now in Slapshot, but the, Oh yeah, the player coach year yeah. where you'd Reggie you had, Dunlop. You're the you were Reggie Dunlop in net for a while there, yeah. where it'd be like, okay, I'm gonna I got some young kids, some pieces of clay, I got a mole, I got to teach, 
And then, uh, oh, it's our third game in four days. Glasser, and you go, <laughs> you can yeah. play some too. So I got to play as a player player when I got traded. That was the end of my player's contracts. And then, and then again, a kind of a funny part that never I don't get to talk about much was then I got brought back as a player um, who's responsible for coaching. Um, and so I was, I, I think the official term was goalie mentor or mm. goalie uh, I can't remember. They used a couple different terms, but they took my name off the game notes as coach because that would have been a, like a faux pas. And like you said, it kind of started to get fun. Then that was one of my favorite years. It's the COVID year, and like, there's no hockey. And now I'm like, I'll show up to the rink at for a seven o'clock game. I'd show up at like three. I do my coaching stuff from three till five, and then I'd give it like one good. We good here in the coach's room, and yep, you're good. And then I'd go put my player stuff on, and I'd have to go like back up for the game and you know, be a player for the rest of the game. Then the game would end and I'd come back to the coach's room and clip the video and get it ready for tomorrow and away we go. And then you're finding time to fly in there as well. Yeah, which is just wild. that started to kind of, yeah, again, get things moving. So you're, you're still with uh, the Ducks organization in San Diego. How's it been? I mean, when you look back at that first year where you're playing and coaching, I mean, uh, you're probably just trial and error. What do I do here? Calling the guy in Anaheim for help. But now you're much more established in the profession. How do you, how do you like coaching goalies? No, oh, it's been awesome. And um, I know I, <laughs> I didn't ever want to be a goalie coach. I had a few along the way, and this isn't a shot at anybody, but it was a few along the way that I looked at and I said, that's not who I want to be when I, when I'm done this, when I'm done, I want to like step away. And thank you very much. Exit stage left. And yeah. you'll never hear from me ever again. But you know, it, it was my wife. She said, Hey, like, why don't you just do it your way? Don't yeah. do it the way that they did it. Do it your way. And, I had a lot of good influences. I had a lot of really good goalie coaches and I wanted to take bits, bits and pieces from what they taught me and then say, all right, yeah, no, I can do it that way. So that's what I did. And um, right off the bat, I think a few people kind of, you know, laughed at a few of the things I did because it was the way I wanted to do it. And, but it's kind of my What's way. an example of that? I, I mean, there was, I had a goalie coach out of Edmonton. He, uh, John Stevenson's his name and he, he's worked with Braden Holpe. He gave him credit at, I think when he won the Vesna for changing his career and, and, John would do a drill with me when I was struggling on tracking pucks and he'd put a laundry bag over my head <laughs> and guys would exactly what you're doing. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Like, 
hysterical laughing. Yeah. Like, this can't be for real. And you couldn't see because this bag was just impairing your vision. Yeah. And I was like, this is nuts. It was so good. And you could never do it in pro hockey though, right? Because oh, these guys are the like, building, yeah. they're going to laugh at you. And I said, well, big deal. Who cares? We're all big boys, right? Uh, so sure enough i brought out the laundry bags one day and i like stuck them on the goalies heads and i was like hey we're gonna practice with these on today and a pitcher made it to anaheim and and like i got laughed at and <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that right it's like i'd rather get laughed at I, I asked the goalies are you guys comfortable with this and they said yeah there's no problem with it so we did it and like i said i i credit john for that because he did it with me in an environment where like, we were in kootenai there was no media or anything and mm -hmm. but like it would, the, the narrative was always like you'll never get away with this at the pro hockey yeah, levels yeah. well yeah you can and it's fun and it's supposed to be a little bit fun and you, and you get better so like what are we doing here like let's yeah. let's lose some of that i don't know some of that those dinosaur tendencies that tend to linger and so like, the concept behind it being like you impede your vision you got to work harder for positioning or to hunt to find pucks what yeah hunt to find pucks so just the best comparison would be, you know, a baseball player holds two bats or has the, the donut on the bat. When mm -hmm. he's warming up, you take it off the bat super light, right? Mm -hmm. You have this bag over your head. You can barely see the puck. you got to actually watch the puck into your glove, your blocker. You take the bag off for the last 10, 15 oh. minutes of practice. It's like the puck looks like a beach ball, right? And I know in the NFL, I think it was in vogue like 10, 15 years ago, they'd have these glasses yeah, that like same blinks thing. and it cuts your vision for, you know, an eighth of a second. And it would, it's kind of like, you really got to work for tracking and for quarterbacks to to do that while watching people run their routes. You take it off. It's like, oh, this is wow. Exact same. And we even use those glasses as well. They're just harder to fit under a helmet. Sure, but it's same, same concepts. Concept. Same yeah. concepts, right? And um, there was lots of those kind of things where, like, you know, I, I had a theory on playing goalies as well that I like. I again, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but it was always I love to know when my next start was whether I won or didn't win and yeah. so you pitch these ideas to coaches and and you know there's tons of like feedback and kickback or if you want to tall and then that's okay it's okay to like i'm new i was allowed to make mistakes so i really wanted to kind of push what i wanted to do off the bat and some of it worked some of it didn't work but we you know we were able to almost lay out two to three months worth of goalie schedule at one time now one injury and this whole thing go you rip it up you start yeah. over but you know, I, I always hated the narrative. If you win, you stay in because it's okay to like win and then go practice and feel good. 90% of my career, I practice miserable because you'd lost because yeah. we'd lost. And now it's your job to go practice for a week and a half and two weeks. And you, all you want to do is just stop the puck and get back in the net. And then when you win, you wouldn't practice because it was like, well, I won. So I'm playing the next day. So I need the day off and this, and I'm like, well, this is backwards. Like, let's flip this. So it's like you win okay, practice for three days and feel good about yourself and then watch the other guy play. And then you're going in on Saturday, no matter what. It's Wednesday, so you, Thursday, Friday, and away we go. And I, I know there's things like, small little things like that that are fun to uh, kind of approach now from the other side. It is interesting. And I, and I think specifically here in Calgary, like knowing Jordan Sigal a little bit, and I know you know Jason LaBarbera, you would have met both those guys when you passed through, if not at other junctures. I think you set me up with both of them. Well, we, not Barb's, but for sure Siggy. I think, I think that's so, how, I just, how I met him. I couldn't get enough of uh, the goalie stories. And we've got our good buddy Brusty and a few other guys that played net over in Russia. If you get goalie stories out of Russia, there's no better stories than that. You yeah. guys are nuts and you have to go to the craziest place on earth. Yeah. I'm in for that all. So I, we set up a goalie lunch. I think that's where you guys maybe first met. But uh, I, I think they would be very open to things like that. And you know, right or wrong. I don't think Daryl wanted any part of that. I think the way that he wanted his goalies to be was uncomfortable. 
I, and, I totally agree with that. And it's like, if you know if you're Jacob Markstrom that I am going to start on Thursday and there's a Monday, Tuesday, and I'm getting one and, you know, Vladar's getting the other, maybe everyone can operate in an, okay, I need to be at my best at this time. And then at this time, and like, you can w- work towards that peak performance in two windows of the week, rather than being like, I don't know who's playing tomorrow. I'm going to bed. And I, I'm like, my mind's racing. I don't even know if I'm playing tomorrow. Yeah. And like, you couldn't have hit the nail better on the head there that I've been very lucky. I've worked with some coaches that are open to new ideas. And even if they're not open to my ideas, they tell me straight up and then, and that idea gets flushed down the toilet. We, we start over, but sometimes as goalie coaches, it's your job to feed information and your job to provide, um, maybe a different perspective, but it doesn't always go over smooth and your ideas, it might be a bad idea. Right. And so um, I, I'm not close enough to the flames to know exactly what went on here and, and that whole uh, environment. But uh, like, I can speak from my, my personal situation. I have like maybe my mentor as a goalie coach in, in Anaheim and, and I several times will go to him first before I try putting a, a bag on a goalie's head. And then, <laughs> and then from there, you know, you kind of feel it out and you work with these coaches and, and like I said, you make some mistakes, but I've I've been okay making mistakes because I'm new. I'm supposed to make mistakes and yeah. see what happens. Well, and, and look, it means you're trying new stuff, and some of that stuff isn't a mistake. It works. You keep it. Sure, I, I like that. Sure, and and you know, and a couple young European goalies that are pretty pliable, and so that that was that was what I was handed when I first got into this coaching thing, and it was like, here they, you know, these guys have never even been in North America, so it's like. Help them get a driver's license. <laughs> Help yeah. them find an apartment. They don't know what a social security number is. They don't know, you know, like, okay, what's the credit score? And <laughs> and so it's like the simplest things. They're 20-year-old men and they're they're fully functioning adults. It's not, I'm not trying to make them sound like, but but they don't know any of this. They stuff. come from so, the other side of the world. It's their second or third language. Sure. Yeah. Their goalie coaches up until 20 have taught them how to do a butterfly and an RVH. I don't need to touch on that right now. But yeah. what I do need to do is make sure that they can get to the rink. And so let's get them a driver's license, right? <laughs> and they, once they're at the rink, then this is pretty easy. Away we go, right? So there was my first couple of years was a lot of that. And now, uh, yeah, it's kind of taking me down a different road. Yeah, an interesting team. I mean, lots of young talent, but clearly missed expectations. Patty Verbeek in what is uh, second full season coming up here? Like uh, it's that's uh, an interesting spot they're in. So you got a bunch of young kids again. Yeah, I, and uh, you know what? I'll I'll give him some credit, Pat, because he's 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 got a plan, and we're sticking to it. And yeah. um, lots of times, guys, at least from what I've seen as a player, is you know you stick to a plan and then you don't. And we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this right. And like you said, we got a young bunch of young players. I think there's more coming, right? Yeah. And um, all we're talking about right now is how good our defensive prospects are. I think we got some unbelievable young goalies coming up. A uh, couple of pretty good centermen. We drafted one second overall. You know what I mean? So it's is it going to be pretty next year? Probably not yet. But is that Pat's okay with that? And I think it's everybody's process, okay with right? part of, exactly. And and we're going to get there. And um, I, I he's been very clear with anybody that that asks is like if you want to be a part of this, then it's going to be some work. It's probably going to be a little bit ugly for a little bit here, but uh, that doesn't mean the work doesn't have to be done. It just means maybe even there's more work to be done and then we'll get there one day. And, and that's kind of the mindset we all have right now. Yeah. On this league too. It doesn't take long when you got young, talented kids and they're starting to pile up there. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of where we're at. And um, I'm partial to a few of them. Obviously I kind of played almost with some of them as yeah. a player coach. And well, um, Lucas Dostal is a guy you've worked with a ton Sure, and he's a European netminder. Is that sort of the guy that you feel like you've had your fingerprints on the most? Yeah. He'd, he'd be, he'd be the guy that I've worked the closest with, I guess. And he, he came in, uh, oh yeah, she played in Calgary last year and <laughs> you guys were able to muster the comeback on him, but he, uh, he's come in and, 
I, I think, you know, we've, we have him, we have Staylock and Gibson would probably be our three guys in Anaheim and how that all shakes out to be determined. But I think Doss is, he's right there. Like he was an AHL all-star MVP last year and, and he's knocking on the door. And um, I think I'd compare him. I think he'd compare himself to the guy we have here in Calgary, Dustin Wolf. And so now I get to work with a guy like that and it's fine tuning a guy like that. He's a pro and whatever. And then we have some young, young guys. We just drafted a guy and, the second round uh, from Italy, he's, you know, six, six and uh, he can skate and he's it's a different piece of clay. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, I think my wife is already planning our, uh, our next summer vacation. <laughs> she, she thinks that we're going to Tuscany next year. Why wouldn't you? Scout this guy, it's right? Work, babe. <laughs> I don't think that's quite where he lives in the, uh, you know, Southern part of Italy, but anyways. Uh, so, yeah, so we got a bunch of young prospects and, and those goalies, they're all different. And my job is to kind of, um, yeah, get my fingerprints on them and see what yeah. I can do. Uh, okay, so other life updates. How old's your daughter? Yeah, she's five. She started school last week. I can't believe wow. it. The U.S. starts school too early, so they're back in San Diego. And you guys are almost full time. Like it's you, you don't come back to a house anymore. You no. are coming back as a as a visitor to Calgary in the summers. Yeah, we we redid the flip last summer, so we sold our place here in Calgary, bought one in San Diego, and and so we came back and rented off a friend this summer, uh, and then next year we're we'll. we'll see what happens next yeah. year but we'll be back again and in, in calgary for sure it's it's it, it seems to work for us the other way was was so back backwards it messed yeah. up spending two months here and owning and, the place <laughs> and owning a place to rent it out to somebody else and blah 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 so. uh tell us about the goalie camp you got yeah. you, you got a hat jeff glass goaltending i was out chatting with some of your kids you, all, lots of different age groups but obviously this time of year your big guns are getting ready to head to camp if they haven't left already i mean europe's rolling yeah, the KHL season I think it's already started. Isn't yep, no, it, you're you're spot on. I appreciate you coming out. The kids love that. We had uh for anybody that would listen that there was a kindergarten class going on above. I think a <laughs> basketball game next door. We were trying to do audio Tunes clips. Were going. There, yeah. There's, yeah, you had audio clips that weren't working, so I apologize for that. But no, the camps have been great. I uh, always wanted to work at that uh, We Wanderers preschool. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I checked the box. So yeah, right. life, life, life level unlocked. Oh, yeah, it was something up there. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, no, the camps have been great. And uh, it's always been something I've wanted to do. I think yeah. I worked the camps as a, uh, a demo goalie or, a, you know, a, whatever you want to call it, instructors. But I wanted to run my own camps. And so uh, I started them three years ago, and, and they've been steadily building every year. I think this year was for sure our best year of, as, as far as camps. And, and the story I like to tell about camps is I was lucky enough to work with a goalie coach, and he brought together – six of us every summer and it was a different six but he was lucky enough i was lucky enough that he invited me every summer and you know the names were big they were uh carrie price and ray emery and jason LaBarbera, chris mace and devin dubnik and and he would put the six of us on the ice and he'd set up like two or three drills and he just let it go yeah. and the whole concept was is like like learn from your peers and it was these drills were properly set up and monitored and the shooters were high quality and and I remember looking at that going, I want to recreate something like this, not only at the top level, but like all the way down. And so how do you do that? You kind of got to create that environment. And so that's how I set my camps up is where you come out and you're going to be around your peers. I want your peers to push you. I try to bring out shooters that are maybe a level or two above what that the, the level the goalies are playing at. Challenge and then them. Challenge them. And, and we get together. And, and this year, um, the off-ice took on a little bit different look. We, we brought in some... Um, non-sport specific characters to to kind of make my goalies athletes right and i feel like goaltending right now i don't want to say in canada because that's a real generalism but we're we're falling a little bit behind these these goalies that are coming out of other countries are just 
freaks. They're athletes. They can run. They can jump. They can throw a football. They can. So we brought in the, the top dogs from the lacrosse guys in the area. We brought in a couple, one of the Cavalry FC guys. And I want these goalies to not just be goalies and not just be good at tee pushing and shuffling, but you know, be an athlete that can also play goalie. So that was kind of uh, how camp went this year, and it was yeah, it was a big success. Sweet. Uh, and so tell you, you have a a morning meeting. Yeah. Not today because you're doing this. But right. If you weren't doing this, but tell us what you'd be up to. Yeah. So and then so this goes back to the flying thing. So we, um, I think the best way to describe the flying job is kind of like goaltending. I guess is like when everybody else is like dodging out of the way of the hockey pucks, us goalies, like we stand in there and like maybe try to get hit in the face with it. And that's and, weather. <laughs> and that's what I do with the flying thing is everybody's landing. All these planes are coming into land and we're taking off and we're going to go get ahead of this thing. Right. So um, yeah, every day at, at 11 AM we come in and we do a brief and uh, we have meteorologists that are way smarter than us that can kind of like set an outlook for the day, maybe a two day outlook. And they let us know uh, whether we stick around the airport or they send us home and stay close or, good for the day and then if, if there is weather in the area we'll come back um we'll head up and we do uh we have two kind of types of cloud seeding they call it but we'll go below the storm and uh kind of get ahead of it and then there's a second type that's above the storm and both times are or, or both types are super fun and uh yeah it's, and it's, that'd be some fun flying because yeah. these would be some interesting machines and you're you're not going in the still air there's no. a little chaos if you're no. around the storm yeah my, my first time doing it i remember thinking like no, there's not a way this is right. Like we're doing, like someone's <laughs> punking me right now. But then, then you you do it a couple times. No, don't. This is definitely how it is. But it is, um, it, it's some of the most valuable flying I've done. You learn you learn a lot about weather and you know what to do and what not to do. But um, yeah, anytime you see those those king airs uh, doing circles over your house, we're trying our best. We're trying to keep those storms uh, to a minimum and and so that everybody can uh, you know get in their car and not have golf ball size hail on their cars. Unreal. Um, treat having you in. No, this um, is fun. If you want to hang for a bit, we'll uh, we'll show you what's happening in the world of sports and nonsense. Let's uh, do it. it it's, uh, are you familiar with the Pinder Report? Yeah, just, yes, I am. So I, yeah, usually. There was a few summers there where I was around and at 6 a.m. when you're heading to the uh, the hockey rink, the Pinder Report would come on. So yeah, no, I'm definitely familiar. So we're going to load her up here. Uh, we're going to start, uh, well, I should first off tell you, Pinder Report brought to you by Village Honda, as always. And they got a big event going on. It is their Honda and Acura Show and Shine. Uh, that's coming up this Saturday. How about this? Best Hondas and Acuras in the city on display, family-friendly, no charge for spectators. And if you want to register your car, it's just 10 bucks. You can check that out. Uh, visit Village Honda for more information. You can RSVP or register your car. And the Subi Foundation is where all proceeds are going. Uh, they're not going to pocket that 10 bucks for your car. They're going to give that to charity. Love that. Also, They've got new in-stock inventory on the ground. You can start your automotive adventures at Village Honda, where new vehicle pricing is MSRP. And I believe they're still going to trip vouchers to Vegas for two if you sell your collar at Village Honda. Love that stuff. Let's get into it. We start with uh, the NHL. Marion Hosa, Marcel Hosa. Marion, that's a good one. Marcel wasn't bad. You would have been around that. I got Marion Hosa stories. I don't have Marcel Hosa stories. Well, Marion's got more stories to tell after this past week because they did a retirement Goodbye, Marion Hosa game. This has got to be in the Czech Republic, I imagine. He is Czech. He's going to be Czech. Czech? I think he's Slovak. 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 Yeah, so this is obviously in yeah. Bratislava, guys. It's in the Slovakia. Trenching. You're and getting closer. It's somewhere in there. And then this is, uh, let's have a look. So there's some names here. Miro Shatan. We got uh, Taves is out. Look at that. He's not retired at all. There's Johnny T. Dustin Bufflin. Big buff the stuff. That's a big three. Is that a goalie jersey? Three, three. <laughs> Another 33 is the day. No char onto the ice. Another Slovak there. This is quite the crew. 
And look at the big crowd, big building over there. Pretty unreal. Uh, I, I got a kick out of this. There's some names and there's the legend himself right there. Just apparently a, a physical specimen, Hosa. Absolute. One of the best guys. He takes care of himself. Like I was in Chicago when he uh, came down with the rash or that he was allergic yeah, yeah. to his equipment. And yeah. it was, I couldn't believe it. This guy is like. Temple still. The reason you can get that many guys to fly to Trenton. Yeah. And this time of year is because he's that good of a guy. Like he is unreal. And were you in Ottawa when he was in Ottawa? I was in, in Chicago. No, I know Chicago. There, but oh, I see. He was yes, in Ottawa yes, back yes. at the beginning, yes. but you might have missed him. Yeah, but I was just a smell. Oh. I, yeah, yeah. No, no time for me then. Yeah. Yeah. I barely, barely got near that dressing room in Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, do you like an awkward handshake? Because I got one for you. Mm. This is a new part owner of the uh, Washington Commanders. Hey, it's preseason, guys. You got to work on your, your handshakes and get them ready for regular season. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are doing the call of the game. It's preseason, and one of the uh, part owners of the Commanders coming in to – you know, you have a little chat with about uh, what's going on with the team. They just bought the team from a noted uh, jerk Preseason, and uh, like new owners. Yeah, I mean, you're no, no stranger. Injuries, you're no stranger to uh, professional <laughs> sports teams, <laughs> managing general partner of. Oh, uh, dear. Yeah. If you I mean, missed it, no, Troy Aikman no is moving no his hands to, and gesturing. Uh, professional and, <laughs> and the guy just grabs his fingers. This is not a handshake. Look at Aikman. He's loving it. <laughs> Awkward party. Uh, we go from there to the Seattle Mariners are a big problem for the Toronto Blue Jays right now. They're hottest team in baseball. They are rolling and Luis Castillo is all vibes. They got up uh, yesterday pretty big on the Chicago White Sox. Castillo, one of the best pitchers in the game. He wasn't really trying to trick anyone. Uh, here's a tweet from the uh, pitching ninja. Uh, 47 fastballs in a row. Just here's my best. Have at her. Good luck to you, because uh, even when you know what's coming, you're not hitting this thing. Now, he's got a two-seamer or a four-seamer, but literally Castillo just pumped heaters 47 pitches in with a row. Very few hiccups. Heater. Hancock went down last night, but Heater. Uh, you know, we saw Heater. The confidence and the presence. It's all part Lots of, of movements. Nice. Like, Hot literally 47 in a row. Must be fun, hey? You got a big lead. You know, pump heater. On the track, he's... That's, that's good there. Uh, he was good. They win again. Blue Jays open a three-game set in Baltimore against the Orioles. They're probably the best team in baseball. And the team that has now passed them and holds the final wild card is the hottest team in baseball. That's Seattle. So so I don't know. I'm not baseball, baseball. But, yeah. like, what's the most tracked fastballs in a row? Like, is, would I don't even like know if people would keep track of it. Yeah. That's just, for a starter, you're supposed to have a, a large repertoire, like four or five pitches. And he does have two there that he's using. It's a two-seam and a four-seam. They'll move differently. But you're usually trying to change speeds a lot because it makes it harder for hitters. Right. He's just saying, no one's hitting my fastball. I'm not even going to pretend to fool you. Like, you can't hit it, and until someone does, I'm still going to throw it, which means you're having a good day as yeah, a pitch. Feeling good. Yeah. The opposite's when, you know, everything you're throwing gets hammered. That wasn't <laughs> it yesterday for Castillo. Uh, the NBA, uh, I guess, has parted ways with one of their social media people. Let's have a look on Facebook to see how this went. Uh, this is the NBA account on Facebook. How do I log out of this? Haven't worked here in weeks. Anyway, the NBA overextends its social media employees greatly to the detriment of their health and social lives for a salary of less than $50,000 annually after taxes. I work 14-hour shifts. Shout out Adam Silver. We don't get health insurance until 90 days. That's silly, isn't it? Glad I resigned. No need for a job to get in the way of your happiness. Donate to mental health causes. Peace. <laughs> Maybe take the passwords and uh, change those when you 
get that's rid of your nice. social media account. Everybody should be allowed one of those tweets when you get fired. I think that's a good call. Yeah, be like, that's... yeah, okay, we'll, we'll leave that for 24 hours, then we'll delete it. Sorry, Johnny. And then yeah, they, I think they know who that is too. So. Yeah, they might. Just to, just spitting the truth. That's all. Um, we're, we're fans of fans fighting, and this fight not very preseasony. This is midseason form. Let's let's head to some NFL preseason for a tilt in the stands. I believe this is NFL preseason. Oh, yeah, this is uh, we got Cincinnati and San Fran. A lot of bodies here. And you're gonna watch Cincinnati hat with the young shirt. It's weird. He's with the Cincinnati hat and the San Fran T-shirt. And then behind, bodies flying. Look at two hands going. Oh, Jerry Rice. Double lawnmower going on. And security can't get there. It feels like the whole section's going. On. My goodness. And security up. Yep, Thelma's gonna get you out of here. She's in charge. Of, you're out of here, George. And usually when these things you think they're over, there's another way. <laughs> Jack, not the best fan fight, but again, for preseason, we'll take it, right? Like it's, that's right. Yeah. By week three, you're going to be in great shape there. And this dude got KO'd. Keep an eye on this guy here with the ripped shirt. He is woozy as heck. <laughs> they had the, uh, the well-done knuckle sandwich on rye. Oof. Anyway, there's there's a little uh, and speaking of fights, uh, street fights also entertaining. Don't know where this is, but I'm guessing it's late and it's after the club. It happens quick. Ice peeled, Jeffrey. Okay, because this. Is... That's a, that's a direct hit. Guy in the yellow. Good night. And see you guys. I'm out of here. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> That's two, two right on the button. Uh, Houston Astro fan got busted badly. Now, what do you what do you think he's getting busted for? He's at the ballpark. He's wearing his gear. What's he getting busted for? What do you not want to do getting busted at the ballpark on camera? Oh, that could be a long list. I yeah, don't know. You don't want to be making out with someone that's no, not your wife on no. the kiss cam. You don't want to be picking your nose. You don't want to, you know, just you know, be respectable. And this one, I didn't notice it till the very end. He's, 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 he's undercover, I guess. Jack, is that fair to Big say? swing from bogey. Enjoying the game, nice no big deal. Fix his hair. Oh, what's going on? Hey now, whoa! Who wears a visor to a baseball game though? That's what I want to know. Guy that's, with that's, fake flow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. right. That's There's it. a big visor problem out there. I don't know that it doesn't affect many people, but I can't wear a hat. Yeah, well, I yeah. need visors for golf. Okay, no so yeah, pro shops visor, have visors yeah. anymore. It's like, sir, this isn't 1987. We're out of visors. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I need a visor. That's the first time I've seen a visor like that. Yeah, that's that's a special one there. And finally, uh, I think Boomer. Have you met Boomer? Yes, you I have. At the, uh, the, the old studio. place. Yeah. Yep. He's usually flying out of there, and you'd be coming in in the 9 o'clock hour or something like that. He was having a yard sale the other day, and classic Boomer, just so negative. I mean, come on, man. The world's not that bad. Uh, nothing really mattress. Who chairs? <laughs> I think those are free. So if you look for any furniture. <laughs> That uh, will be your Pinder report for the day. Again, Village Honda, big event coming up on Saturday. It is the Acura and Honda show and shine. Some of the best in the city on display. Check it out. They're up at the Northwest Automobile Village Honda.com, your dealership for life. We've got uh, a Betway bet to get to, and then Tommy Wilden Jr. sit down. Long show today. What the hell are we doing? We're going to be flirting with two hours here. You Jack, guys are working sorry. hard. You got, you're so good at telling stories. Like, no. 
Damn it, Jeff. No, no, it it's wasn't your fault. Me. I'm just gonna lots of back, comments. Sit, loving this. Sit it's back good. and watch. Um, okay. Betway bets. Betway, Betway, Betway. 19 plus. Ontario only. Bet the responsible way. Betway. Let's start with the, the CP Women's Open, uh, Canada's national LPGA event. Brooke Henderson has won this tournament before. She's 22 to 1. You don't want to cheer for a good fashioned Canadian girl at a Canadian event? Get out of here. Get your. Uh, your maple love going for uh, Brooke Henderson to win T- 2,200. Yeah. 22 to one. Uh, Jeff, if you bet a dollar, how much would you win? Uh, $220. You'd win 22. Damn Good try it. there. That was close. Damn okay. It. We'll also move to the majors. It is Toronto at Baltimore, beautiful Camden yards. Uh, the trash birds are very good. Baltimore may be the best team in baseball this year, but our boy Kikuchi, you say Kikuchi, I say ace. He's been sensational of like coming off maybe his best start in the bigs. Needs to hit just six Ks for me to cash in plus 220. I'm all over that in a huge series for the Jays who have watched Seattle pass them. They are now, though, as Seattle swept Houston. So the good news is Toronto's gained some ground on Houston. They're within a game of the second wild card, uh, game and a half of the second wild card, one game from the third wild card. And we got what, 37 games left, something like that. It's going to be a fun sprint to the finish in the American League wild card. Those are your betway bets of the day. Betway, bet the responsible way. Tommy Wilton Jr. stopped by yesterday. We'll close the show with this. Great chat about Cavalry FC. They're into the final third of the season and a huge victory over York last weekend. Big game coming up this Sunday against Pacific FC. Uh, I mean, you invite someone in and not only do they bring us gifts of, uh, of, of chocolate and beer, but uh, they, they make sure that the label we've given them is accurate and current and up to speed. Top of the table, Tommy. Top of the table, Tommy of Calvary FC. Tommy Wilden Jr. How are you, buddy? Oh, thanks. I thought um, I was a poor house guest when you'd first opened the show and I didn't bring anything to wish you a happy housewarming. And this is more congrats on a great show. So thanks for having me on. Well, hey, it has been a while. I feel mm. like, geez, when was that? Are we talking like? In the summer, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't even know. I think we started this in October. It had to be early. Yeah. Um, and it's good timing because most of us are have been vacationing and playing some long form nonsense all summer here. Good nonsense, mm-hmm. but uh, the beer fridge is finally just emptied. It's been backlogged, so it's the timing's impeccable. Uh, as is the timing of the uh, this conversation because you had a big win on the weekend at yeah. home against York. Martin Nash, your old assistant coach, mm-hmm. and that crew. Uh, another home win. You've been really good at home. It sounds like another yeah. great crowd and top of the table indeed. This has been quite a change of pace i remember five games in chatting with you and it was like trust the process five ties in a row some blowing leads late and you're like you believed you believe but they're also there's some stress and anxiety that comes with believing that a process might work but it hasn't yet shown that it has worked it's it seems like ages ago when you hadn't had a win you were five draws in five games and listen as a coach you dive into everything you can to you know, the players, the psychology to documentaries. And I think hadn't it not been for Ted Lasso, the the cliche of believing and actually, you know, the feel good story and and actually just diving into the human element of our players and saying, look, we're actually trying something a bit different because, you know, we've, 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 we've had good, good players 
good championship runs, you know, and playoffs are being a bit different. Here we've got two different trophies to chase. Mm -hmm. We've got the league, which gets you into CONCACAF as well, and the new trophy. And then you've got a new playoff format. So the placing actually really does help the first and second place because it gives you, you know, a couple of bites of the cherry to, to get into that final. So, you know, we wanted to trust the process, but in doing so, I had to get into the hearts and minds of our leadership group, guys that have been with us for a while, like Marco and Sergio, guys that are starting to be here, two, three, like your, your Dan Klomps and, and your Mooseys, and ask them, you know, how are they feeling with with the way we're trying to play? We want to be braver, and, and we're seeing that. Look, we give up a goal on the weekend because we're trying to play, and one of two maybe goals, but we've scored more goals this year than anybody else yep. playing that football. So when it comes to sticking to your principles, we've done exactly that. It's got to be exciting. I mean... There was a couple of years that were scrambled by a pandemic that uh, messed up mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, to, to see healthy crowds, I think almost all season, it's been really good. I mean, did you, are, are you happy with where things are at? It, it, has the fortress become even more difficult for opponents to come play in? Yeah, I think we we are now after that win, the um, the best home team in, in, in the uh, in the league. Uh, our crowd, again, always biased, but you go from like my family sit in the in the 408s, then you go across the crowd and you just see familiar faces, you see new faces. And as you work your way around to the 109s and into the foot soldiers end, it's phenomenal to just see how much they care about it. Even at the beginning, you could feel their frustration. Mm -hmm. You're walking past after a couple of you know ties. We weren't losing, but a couple of ties, you could feel their frustration. Calgary's a winning city, yeah. right? It's no different. And we launched in a winning fashion. We want to make sure that we are a winning team. And, you know, even you look at, you know, Flames when they go off on, uh, you know, the, the playoff runs the season before last, you know, people like that. You know, the Calgary Surge had launched now a winning season. It helps. The city likes winners. So uh, we're trying to be part of that group. For sure. And it's also, I think, a feather in the cap of your ownership group, yourself, mm. everyone on the business side. I mean, it's it's a unique property. This this is not like mm. any other event in the city. It's like, well, there's Calvary, but it's mm. kind of like, no, no, it's a one-off. There's <laughs> This is not like something else. Kudos to you guys for that. The next mm. game coming up is Sunday. It's Pacific. It is 3 p.m. at Aqua Field at Spruce Meadows. Uh, they've, uh, they've been a good side for a while here. Uh, I think it was, what, really young in the first couple of years? Yeah. And then a title, they yeah. knocked off the Whitecaps a few years ago in, in uh, Canadian. Yeah, beat us in that playoff run, right? The ball were in or out debacle, right? They're, That's they're right. good. You know, sometimes you need a bit of luck. But what I like about their ownership and the way they're doing things with the coach, you know, James Merriman's a young Canadian coach and he's, you know, imparting his ideas of trying to play. And it's a, it's a brave league. You, you're yeah. seeing that now. Like I get referenced, you know, when, when, when I talk to people back home in England and people come and visit and they're like, can't believe the standard like everybody's really trying to play trying to play in a brave way and it's not like how you'd imagine canadian football to be people thought it'd be like hockey dump yeah. and chase and it's actually the opposite we probably overplay in some ways that everybody wants the ball to the feet everybody wants to try and play through the thirds and um yeah it's it's good it's making for some really good coaching and then everyone seems to have this now two formations one in attack and then one in defense and I think it's really coming in in leaps and bounds. And it's funny because internationally, mm. Canada, prior to this generation now that we're seeing uh, John Herdman coach, yeah. um, it was a, well, we, we, need, we need to park the bus and get mm. lucky and win 1-0. Yeah, yeah. But this league doesn't have any teams to try to do no. that. Well, I think now you're seeing, like, I was talking to Nash after the game, he's had two, three, three games back-to-back. -back. We've gone 3-0 against Forge, and then 2-3 we lost at uh, uh, Valor, and then we've just won 2-1. 
as goals because there's more bravery. I think it's more a case of trying to win versus trying not to lose. And um, yeah, I love the bravery. John Herdman's been a big influence on that because the way he took the Canadian men's to there, you know, to Bev Priestman, the way she's created winners out of the women's team that won the Olympics. I know it was a tough run in the World Cup this year, but sometimes that's just a change in the guard and, you know, new players are now coming on the next cycle. Um, does this year feel like there's been more change, whether that's philosophically on the pitch or personnel-wise than other years? I mean, you have made some in-season moves and, and you, you always do, but is it just because we're in this season that it feels that way and because you had to sort of... Mm wait for that payoff of the new system you're playing? You have to adapt. Um, I think that's the biggest thing in coaching. You know, what was right five years ago is not right today. And if I don't adapt, it's like the Charles Darwin one, the, 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 species, the, the species that adapt are the ones that are going to survive. And I think that's true in coaching. If you stay, you're always going to have your principles. This is how I want it to be done. But I think I always looked up to Sir Alex Ferguson with Manchester United. He was at the helm for so long and he, you know, people thought he was a, he was a tough leader and he was but he was flexible with his methods as he got older to the way he managed Wayne Rooney to say uh, Brian Robson and people on the, you know, the uh, Man United teams of old will know that, but you have to, I've changed over five years. We've also been in the middle of a pandemic. So what these young men have been through, um, you've got to be aware of that. And also how you challenge them is a lot different than how I would have coached Nick Ledgewood. Yeah. Who's now our assistant, but unfortunately I have guys like Nick Ledgewood and Leon Hapgood alongside me that, you know, that they, you know, for what I can't get to or miss, they can get to. And I think that's what you got to do. It's a shared leadership process. Uh, it's been quite the pipeline leaving here. I know Joel Waterman mm -hmm. uh, went from you guys to Montreal impact. He's yeah. now had an appearance on the national team at the international level. You know, Dominic Zator chased some dreams in Europe. I believe he's still playing over there, what, in Poland, if I'm Poland, correct? yeah, yeah. But uh, becoming a cult hero there, yeah. Uh, Arabim Pebble has yeah. been phenomenal, and, and we watched him last year. He, You sold him off to develop him. Victor Latouri, the same thing. I know it's um, everything is win, win, win in sports, but you've, you've always really been faithful to that second purpose. We want to win, but we also want to graduate players. We're developing for higher levels. We're not going to you know, put a, a ceiling on somebody here. We want them to go succeed elsewhere. And of course, you're financially uh, rewarded if you yeah. can send someone to a, to a much higher level. So we've got a strategy and this comes down to, you know, got unbelievable ownership with the Southern family. I mean, Linda's a winner in herself in the way that she was previous Olympian. The, the type of shows that go on at Spruce Meadows is remarkable. Ian Allison, he's great to lean on for experience and advice. But when we talked about building a soccer club, it was a club, not a team. A team can win a championship. A team can go on. But in a salary cap league, you're always going to have a high turnover. we got a million dollars to spend on players, you know, and some players will max out and some players will sign for two or three years. But you have to be able to develop them and move them forward, hopefully. But in that time, you want to impact it. We've, we've built now underneath it, we've got this under 21 system, which is basically 16, 17, 18-year-olds mm -hmm. that we think could sign development contracts and then maybe future first team players. You know, we've got the affiliation with Cowie Foothills with what my, you know, my brother runs that one. Um, and we've just re-signed Tom Field, which is like a farm team for us. And then beyond that, you know, you look at, you know, Mo Farsi's another great example. He's one that's playing well and consistently in the MLS. Yeah. If we can get them onto more established leagues, we've done our job for the football food chain in Canada. Mm -hmm. And if we know our place in the food chain, we're always going to be an export league. But it doesn't mean that we can't give young, and I think the under-21 rule in, in the league is fantastic because it gives young Canadians a chance. 
I wanted you to talk about Gote and Tigny as well as Willie Accio. They've been really big jolts of energy for your mm-hmm. club. I believe both of them sort of like middle of the season type entries into bigger mm-hmm. roles. Like what have they meant to you? And are those going to be names that we're going to be hearing about at higher levels down the road? Yeah. And that was the thing with um, Willie was, um, you know, when we, we talked about Victor going to Ross County, Willie was another one that went and we, you know, I just put in an inquiry as a GM. I said, look, you know, I noticed he was on loan. What's your plans for this coming season? And they were looking at either loaning him out or moving him on. And there was a couple of clubs that was interested in, you know, the championship level. And I said, well, can I pitch to him? And and what I did was the Arabin Pepper one. Arabin was in that same one where we thought he'd play for the full season, but literally he's gone from almost signing for Forest Green and then going to Luton Town within the space of three months. We said, look, to Willie, if he comes back and does what he's doing now, he won't be with us long. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll then have the negotiation power to be able to finish a season. But we want open doorways. Gote's, you know, another one that took a little time to, to adjust because as we got rid of Ar- Arabim, we brought in Gote. And we didn't do it a like-for-like replacement. Same age group, but young players need time. They need time to learn the system you're trying to play. We feel we've got a very tactical system and it can be quite complex. So what can we give them that just makes it easy for them? And what can we give them that they can just play off the cuff? And what are the non-negotiables? And when we've done that, you know, Gote's now hitting more of his stride. And, and that's what you see. And he's so exciting. And, you know, I'll put Myel Henry in that bracket. Fans probably saw a little bit on this weekend and go, oh, I can see that now. But you've got to have your futures. You've got to have your nows and you've got to have your experience. I always think of three brackets. Okay. And uh, Gote is certainly one now that we've started having some interest. And Willie, if he keeps scoring like that, yeah. there's not many wingers like that. You want wingers that can just attack people, score. But he's willing to work the other way too. Uh, speed with uh, Gote. People have said he's Alf- Alfonso Davies quick. That's 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 a statement. <laughs> that, that might have been me that started that rumor. But it was coming from our sports scientists. So Alex Potts, we do our testing, our speed testing. Well, how fast is he? And it was funny because the first one he did, it was like 34 and a half kilometers an hour. I'm like, oh, that's decent. And um, we're looking around the room and then uh, I think it was a Doka Chima, um, big defender, got 35. And Gote's so quiet. He's like, can I have another go? I'm like, why? Well, I didn't go full out. We're like, well, you topped at 34.5. No, I can go quicker. So then he gets there and I think it was like 36 and a half, maybe 36.7 at top speed, but he's built as well. So if he comes running at you like that, and that's what you see, and he he can terrorize defense because they want to play him physical. He's strong enough to hold it. He's got really good first touch. We actually want to work on different parts of his game to polish him up. But yeah, he is Alfonso Davies quick. If you and if look, if you're going to continue to polish, you don't have this kid too long. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't teach speed, right? Right. It's yeah, one of those weapons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can teach a lumbering guy all kinds of other stuff, yeah. but you can't give him that speed. Yeah. Um, you had some big changes mid-season. Jose Escalante's gone back to Honduras, yeah. if I'm correct. Yeah. And uh, Conte in a trade with uh, Vancouver FC as well. Those were bigger deals from my perspective, but I don't, maybe they're all, every deal is part of a bigger piece of the puzzle for you, but just a thought on, on what, you know, that's, that's some pretty high end quality yeah. that, that departed. And yet it's timed in with you starting to play arguably your best soccer this season. Yeah. And it was a tough one because um, when, it, when, when I did it, so you have to separate church and state as a head coach and a GM, your GM, you have to think of strategy. You have to think of right. How, you know, which players are going to be for the long haul, which players are going to be good on the run in. And as a head coach, what do I need for the game against Pacific? 
right? So Kantav, you know, wanted regular playing time and, and Gote was starting to play. You know, Fisky's a great squad player that he'll come in and 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 add value to the team. Excellent pro. And he was finding that we were playing Jose lower or higher, uh, Gote, and he was finding a logjam of players. And so listen, won't keep you if you're not happy. He'd asked, you know, approached about the possibility of a trade. Uh, Vancouver had called us just talking about players that they were trying to get rid because they weren't happy with the ones they'd got. Uh, Mickey's name came up and in return, there was Mile Henry, who I'd heard a lot of and seen as a young player and they weren't playing. I'm like, but why would I try? And then I had to go and do some work. And Oliver Minotel is our head of recruitment now, Topher oh. Fakunli, our assistant GM. So I had them work on, give me reasons, pros and cons. And what we found with Mile Henry was he's a future. So if we're getting Gote to a place where we think we move him on, what's our next high potential player? And we felt he's one that we could filter in. And then we had the Willie Akio op opportunity that we had to work in the back burner. And then Jose had, you know, his family issue. He wanted to go back. And I know it was a bit of a crap show, show the way it came out, but it was well intended. I think he was he wanted to be with his family. He loves his football club. You know, you he, 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 he showed that with the way he plays, but he's played 100 games for him. Day one guy, right? Day one guy. And yeah. they, they're tough to say goodbye to, but, you know, we've loaned him out for a year. It gives us time to see that is it going to be a permanent exit or, you know, maybe there'll be a return, but we don't need to make that decision today. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, last uh, item for you. I saw an article online that uh, I think if you want to dream, there's not a lot better than dreaming about Lionel Messi, if you're a soccer fan, mm -hmm. coming to at Cofield of Spruce Meadows to play on the natural pitch here. It does seem like a dream. It's become much more realistic in the last month because his club uh, in Miami has been on a heater. They're going to qualify for the same tournament. You're hoping to qualify. And at the top of the table, mm -hmm. as you noted, there's two spots for CONCACAF Champions League. You can win the league regular season or you can win the league postseason. You're in the running for both of those at this juncture, albeit early. Mm -hmm. And Miami's going to be in that tournament, it appears, as well. Crazier things have happened. Listen, uh, Kamal Miller, who plays with Lionel Messi, was in the 2018 playoff final against us for Reading United. Uh, got sent off kicking Nico Pasquati. He's now playing alongside Leo Messi. The, the game, thing, life throws things at you very quickly. You know, Lucas McNaughton was playing for Pacific, marked him in the in the in the Nations League in the final, uh, League Cup final. Sorry. So I'm a dreamer. Always have been. You know, the amount of times that you're told, you know, you couldn't build soccer in the city. You won't. Uh, you won't do this. You don't do We're doing it. You know, you. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to dream of the possibility to play against Messi one day. Why not? He's in our region. I think it's great that he's come to our region. And in 2026, when the World Cup comes through US, Mexico and Canada, he's adding value to this side of the world, you know, and it's it's interesting now if you look at it, because you've got the Saudi Arabia and, and MLS that are now grabbing people's eyes and attention. And you'll always have your four big leagues, but yeah. we're growing. And, uh, you know, one day maybe Messi comes to Atco Field and I'm going to call in a favor on that day, Tommy, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> I'll Backstage wear a security, yellow security yeah. shirt. I'll do anything just to stand and watch that one. Imagine that. Like, have you seen like some of the things he, like he's – my brother Jay says it. He said, look, how many times have you actually watched his games? And I said, well, probably the big World Cup games. Probably, you know, you're watching in. And when he's playing for Barcelona, you watch the Odell Classico, but it wasn't something like the Premier League I'll get up and watch. Sure. Yeah. He's like, now it's in our time zone. So even yeah. the other night, we watched the Forge in Halifax with a curry, and then we watched the Messi show right afterwards. And it's like, this is brilliant to Prime watch time. him. Yeah.
Doesn't have to be yeah. 8 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. No, I was a time. big Barcelona guy, so yeah. you, you got to watch it a bunch. But um, it's magic. Like yeah. I, I don't really hold a lot of time for people that don't think he's one of the best ever, if not the best. It's like, I'm sorry. Like everyone around him gets better when he's out there. It's not just a guy scoring goals. He's, uh, and I'm telling my 14-year-old son now, the game's always about time and space. You know, and uh, an old coach said to me, you know, a poor first touch is a thief of time. Yeah. Because you haven't got the ball in control, you yeah. don't know where the ball's going, and you're just creating chaos. So, what Messi does is he walks, and it's like he's playing the game at a different speed. Yeah, it was like a, a I seen someone on you know X this morning talking about he walked for a minute before his goal. Yeah, a minute. He's walking around, everything's chaos, and then he recognizes the time to strike. He's like Bang. a you know, like an alpha male, like just going out for the hunt, isn't he? Uh, Gretzky was the same way. With yeah. The greats, do they yeah. make everything look easy and they know where the space and time is. That was mm -hmm. the same thing with, with Gretzky. It's wild stuff. Uh, good to catch up. We, we need to do it more. Mm -hmm. And uh, fans that are saying, hey, this has been a great ride. Uh, like, tell us more about what's coming up. Or people that still haven't been to a Calvary game this Sunday uh, against Pacific should be a good one. 3 p.m., Anything you want to hammer on here as you're coming into what this final third of the Running. season? Yeah, so actually, this is a top of the table clash. You yeah, know, I think they're in what second place right now. We've just leapfrogged them. Um, we're level on uh, games played. I think what we're a point ahead. Very good team. They've led the league this year, and we've now just leapfrogged them. So it's going to be a big, big clash. And those who haven't been to Spruce Meadows, you don't miss out because it's it's an experience. And I say that as somebody that went to the Shore Golf Classic this weekend as a Calgarian. I'd never been. I'm like, I have to go to these events. You know, I want to go to a Calgary Surge basketball game. So, but share the love in this city. I yeah. think that it's a big enough city. Get yourself out there because once we play Pacific, now we're on the running. And we, we once you're there, you'll come back. Three home games after the Pacific home game. Mm -hmm. It's mid September and then 29th of September and October. I mean, you've got a lot of road games coming up. This is your chance. Uh, I'm going to suggest this is your best weather home game left that you got, but mm -hmm. it's Calgary. We're making bets on the weather would be idiotic. We're not going to do that. We're not doing that. It's been like hot. Like I felt like I've I've only worn my suit jacket once or twice, I think through end of April through to now. Yeah, yeah. It's been a hot summer. Yeah. Well, keep the team hot. It's been great to yeah, uh, keep thanks, tabs man. on and uh, hopefully we'll see you this Sunday. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Ray. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 